Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. So as Pastor Matthew explained, this is the second Sunday in our Fall Giving Appeal, the theme of which is love God, love people. The truth is, you really can't separate these two ideas when it comes to living out our faith in daily life. You can't love God without also loving people. You can't love people without also loving God. But each of these ideas comes with its own gifts and challenges, making each of them worthy of a conversation. Last week, we heard from Pastor Lilliard on part one of our theme, Love God. Today, I'd like to talk about part two, love people. And we're going to use the parable of the Good Samaritan to help us. And though you might not think of this story as a typical stewardship text, it really is all about loving people. It also raises the question that runs through many people's minds this time of year when we start talking about giving. That question being, how much is enough? The prelude to this parable begins with the lawyer. He's been listening to Jesus' teaching and decides that he wants to test him with a question. Lawyers know everything about the law, and in those times, more specifically, they knew scripture, which is where the laws of the Jewish people were written. But the teacher he's addressing is Jesus, and he knows a little bit about the law, too. And so they engage in a brief dialogue about what the law says, which leads to what this story, the Good Samaritan, is all about. Who is my neighbor? From a lawyer's point of view, it's probably a fair question. One needs to know who our neighbor is in order to know who is not our neighbor. Put another way, if there is a neighbor that the lawyer must love, isn't there also a non-neighbor who he doesn't have to love? What he really wants to know here is if there are limits and boundaries around just how much he has to love. I think we all know a little bit about boundaries and limits. We deal with them all the time. Even Mother Nature has given us shorelines and mountain ranges. Our homes have property lines and our states have borders. We're too young for some things and growing old creates limits of its own. Our country has laws and God has given us commandments. And it's not really the limits in these laws and boundaries that give us trouble. What gives us trouble is the precision with which we want those boundaries and limits defined. Exactly how deep must the water be before it's too deep? Exactly how old is too old? This explains why the lawyer in our text this morning is asking the question, exactly who is my neighbor? He's looking for some clarity. He might also be looking for a loophole. And here's why I say that. First of all, the lawyer thinks that he can earn his way to eternal life. He wants to make sure that he can check off all the boxes that will secure his eternal future. And on that point, he wants to know exactly how much work it will take to meet this goal. Second, there are people in this world that he will find hard to love. A Samaritan would be one of them. 
and he's hoping that the definition of neighbor falls, in, falls short of having to love them too. The lawyer wants to know how much love is enough and expects the law to tell him that. But while he was looking for a way to put limits on his love, Jesus was teaching exactly the opposite. Jesus taught that the law calls us to love more, not less. To love everyone, not just some, with everything we've got. And so the story of the Good Samaritan begins. We are told that there is a poor traveler who's been robbed, beaten, and left for dead along the side of the road. Two travelers come by, a priest and a Levite, neither of whom stop to help the injured man. We aren't told why he didn't stop, but they came up, we can come up with a few ideas of our own as to why they didn't. It's possible that they thought that the man was already dead or near dead, and according to Jewish law, touching a dead body would make them unclean. They would have to go through a cleansing ritual in order to go back to their families or be with their friends. That would take time, maybe more than they had that day. It could also be that they were afraid that whoever had assaulted the man was waiting for an opportunity to attack another innocent victim. Maybe they didn't think they were equipped with the right skills. Someone was sure to come along who could help them. It just wasn't them. I remember back when I was younger, maybe about eight or 10, and our family was in the car on our way to church. We were dressed in our Sunday best. And about halfway there, we came across a car along the side of the road. It had a flat tire. Inside the car was a neighbor, and she was on her way to church too. I remember hearing a few grumbles from my mom. She says, we're gonna be late to church, kids. In other words, without hearing a word from dad, she knew that we would be stopping so he could help the neighbor change the tire. By the time he was done, we were late. His hands were dirty, his shoes were a mess, and I'm sure he also had dust and dirt on his pants. But dad didn't complain. He would just clean up when he got to church. Dad had every reason in the book to not stop and help his neighbor that morning, but he never used one of them. The events of that morning left a lasting impression on me and taught me a lesson that I will never forget. These are things you do when your neighbor needs help. When the Samaritan comes by, he sees the same man with the same need for help as the Levite and the priest had encountered. The difference was that, like my dad, the Samaritan had compassion on them, on him. He gave the man what he needed. He tended to his wounds. He took him to a place where he knew he would be cared for. He made sure the bills were covered with no questions asked. The Samaritan was not deterred by limits or boundaries, by uncertainties or cultural differences. He treated the victim with the same love and care that he would have wanted had the situation been in reverse. There was no assurance that what the Samaritan did would result in the man's full recovery or if he would survive at all. But that wasn't going to stop him from at least trying to help. There is never any assurance in the work that we do or the way that we love that will give us the results we hope for. 
But that is the risk we take when we love. That is the chance we take when we try to be the neighbor to a stranger, a foreigner, or our enemy. The people who know this story well and try to be the neighbor in daily life are the church. We know that the needs in this world aren't all a result of trauma, discrimination, or oppression. And sometimes the needs are as simple as a phone call just to see how a friend is doing, doing someone's grocery shopping for them, or shoveling the neighbor's sidewalk. But not all needs can be easily met, and not all people are easy to love. But we are the church. We are God's church. And we are God's people. We are the neighbor who loves, and sometimes we are the ones who need the help of a neighbor. And so we love, and we love people. The ministries at St. Andrew won't always be a response to a need like the Samaritan encountered, but our work is always about love. Every time a family drops off their children for childcare or preschool, they walk away sometimes with tears, sometimes with a sigh of relief, but they are always trusting that their children will be loved and cared for. Our early learning program was the result of seeing a need in our community, families wanting a safe and loving place for their children, a place that will reflect the values of a faith community. That's why many of them chose our early learning programs in the first place. And as our children grow, we have a Sunday school program, a confirmation program, a high school program, all designed to teach our children and our youth about Jesus, about faith, and about love. With every baptism here at St. Andrew, we as a congregation make a promise to do that work, to teach our children and families about faith in daily life. And through our camping ministry, our children step out into God's creation and learn the lessons of faith among friends, some of them old friends, some of them new friends, in an environment that takes them away from home. Children and parents talk about our camping ministry as a life-changing event for anyone who goes there. The staff at St. Andrew, all 100 or more of them, together with parents and other leaders, understand the importance of this work and the need for these ministries. Your giving pays the staff. It maintains the property and provides the curriculum and the supplies, all, everything needed to provide an important ministry to these children from birth through graduation and beyond. This is love. This is why we give. Love God. Love people. As adults, it is so important that we take care of our faith so that we can model what we believe and to have the tools to help others do the same. Our faith is fed as we gather for worship and we pray together as we listen to beautiful music from our choirs and our band, when we remember the saints and cover, comfort one another's grief, when we gather for communion, and when we celebrate a baptism. This is love. 
This is why we give. Love God, love people. Our small groups and service ministries reach out into the community and beyond to touch the needs of others. In small groups, we strengthen our faith through learning and fellowship. A more, ministry of a more just world opens our eyes to injustices in people's lives through listening, learning, and sharing so that we can more fully love all our neighbors. Services like leaf raking in the fall respond to the needs of those for many who cannot, for whatever reasons, do that work themselves. These homeowners might be strangers to all of us, but they are so grateful for the time and the effort of these volunteers. And participation in programs like Feed My Starving Children, which our prime timers did just a couple of weeks ago, helps us reach across borders and oceans to provide meals to hungry children and their families. This congregation has been a longtime supporter of PROP. We have food drives, backpack drives, drives for Christmas gifts, and drives for more donations. In fact, I've been told that St. Andrew has provided for needs even before PROP knows that they have a need. This week, I was invited to share this story with you. A few months ago, a father and his son walked into PROP together. The son was a high school senior and would be graduating soon. The father asked, do you have anything that could, we could use for a high school graduation party? Now, as many of you know, high school graduation parties are a big deal. It's the celebration of a huge milestone in a young person's life, and it deserves to be celebrated by family and friends. The young man's friends were talking up their own parties, and they were looking forward to, ten to attending everyone else's celebrations. But when they asked their friend about his party, he simply said that he wasn't going to have one. So as kids sometimes do, without understanding the backstory, his friends did start teasing him about the fact that he wasn't going to have a party. The young man was too embarrassed to tell them that his family couldn't afford one. And so he and his dad decided they would see if there was a way for Prop to help them. As it turned out, that very morning, some people from St. Andrew had dropped off some things that were just what the family needed. The volunteers there, which are often some of our own members, started searching every shelf, every corner, every nook, until they had pulled together the perfect pack of supplies. The young man and his dad went home grateful, and the hearts of the people at Prop were full too. Prop wants you to know how grateful they are for the generous donations and contributions that you make all year long to make these little miracles happen. This is love. This is why we give. Love God. Love people. A couple of years ago, during our holiday giving program, we included a program called Helping Paws. One of our staff members, Chuck Noble, and his wife Renee support this program by training dogs. They take them in as young pups, and they spend hours and hours working with them, loving them, caring for them. And then they give them away to someone who needs them. This is love. This is why we give. Love God. Love people. 
St. Andrew is a place that loves and cares for the people in this community and beyond. We might not always agree on the how of our ministry, but we work together and we get things done. We are all neighbors and we all know what it means to love. God has loved and blessed us beyond measure. And God has called us to love one another as we have been loved. Sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that takes talents and skills. And sometimes it needs money. As we move ahead into 2022, we are looking forward to new ministries, to be the neighbor that Jesus is talking about. And we will need your giving to make that happen. But for now, we thank you. We give thanks to God for your faithfulness, your prayers, and your generosity. We are so grateful for all the ways in which together we can love God and love people. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.